And it's recording, Jojo. Damn, man. We here. Another week and shit, right? We're here. Let's do it. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. And hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me today, of course, is the absolutely fantastic Jojo. Hello, Jojo, I say to you. <laughs> How did you, Graham? Ah, Jojo, guess what? It's another week and we're doing it. We are doing it. How is you? I same. <laughs> did you did you have a good week? I had I had a week. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I mean, I had I, a week. I I was like, I'm not gonna interrupt Georgia's week, but clearly she forgot that she's got a friend that lives in North Carolina that she hosts a podcast with and shit. I'm like, damn, man, this girl right here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm God. just going to let her let her be. I'm going to let her be, and I'm going to call her out as soon as we start the podcast. That's what I said to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you, but I do the same thing. I, what did I don't you know. do? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. Other than falling off the face of the earth, I, I, I really don't know. I don't oh, know. my God, man. Don't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously. But you're all right, right, Jojo? I, yeah, I'm all right. It's just one of those weeks where it was like, I couldn't believe it was only Tuesday, and then suddenly it was Friday. Yo, yes. You know? It's yeah. like, oh, my God, it's only yeah. Tuesday, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, Bam. it's Friday. What the That's shit? exactly <laughs> how it went. That, that is exactly how it went. You know, you're not playing. That's exactly how it went. Like, it felt like, oh, yeah, Monday. Oh, today's Tuesday. Cool. Then bam, Friday. I was like, yeah, what are we watching? What did we do? Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> you know, and even still yesterday while we were talking, yeah. Until you asked, yo, what are we doing tomorrow? <laughs> I hadn't thought about any fucking thing at all, man. It was a weird week because, like, it wasn't terribly busy. But the things that you got busy on kind of took up all of your time, if you will. Yeah, like all of the all of your time and all of like your mental space. Exactly. You know, like like it was like yeah, I don't know. It was a, it was a it was a bizarre bizarre it was, week. It was a mad it was a week. Little, the lost week. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. the last weekend, the lost week. <laughs> right, but we're here, and uh, yes. today we are talking about a series that has been actually on for pretty much the entire month of July, and it's on Hulu, so it almost sort of like escaped us, if you will. And I will tell you why I decided to give it a go at this show, because otherwise I wouldn't have... And, and when I tell you, you're not going to believe this, but, you know, I'm glad I was able to to see the tweet that put me onto this show and decided, yo, let's give it a go. Because this is one of the best little shows that I've ever seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that it's on Hulu because I felt like it was more like an HBO Max type of thing. I agree. <laughs> I don't know. We always talk about like what show belongs to where. And... <laughs> we do. Yeah. <laughs> it's true though, because you get a show that's like, yep, this is totally Netflix. And then you'll get another show. That, and yeah. Uh, yeah, this is Amazon Prime. But you're right. This one didn't feel like a Hulu show, show to me either. Absolutely. And um, so the reason I, I actually decided, okay, I'm going to give a go to this show is because 
On the Kicking and Streaming um, Twitter feed, we follow Ben Stiller. And okay. the crazy thing is Ben Stiller doesn't tweet much at all. Okay. Like, this is one of those feeds that can go dead for a long time until he has something to say. And he actually tweeted about episode eight of okay. The Bear. And he said, okay. like, it was one of the best writing, best acting, and best directing he's seen in a small show like this ever. And I was like, you know, because Ben Ben Stiller has been, people might not know this, but Ben Stiller has been doing a lot of directing of TV shows. And you n would never know it until you see his name going up the credits, much in the same way that, what's his name, dude that played Ross on Friends also directs a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. So, so, so that's the kind of thing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to, I'm going to watch this show because the thing is that the bear doesn't say much to me. Agreed. <laughs> you know? Agreed. Uh, the bear, you know, Chicago, the bear, like, oh, it's something, you know, you know, nothing to do with that. So that, that was fantastic. So what did you think of this show, Jojo? Um, yeah, so I had first seen like uh, I think it was maybe on Reddit or something somebody talking about the the guy who plays Carmine, and it was essentially like a a, a thirst post about how gorgeous he is and, and everything like that. And I was like, I didn't quite understand it. No offense to the actor, but it just wasn't wasn't my thing. But then I started reading yeah. about people on the internet and in the there was just so much love for this show, like just outpourings of like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, most of the critics like it too. And the thing that I thought was very interesting is that most of the critics like it, but the ones who don't like it absolutely hate it. Like they, <laughs> they, they want to go there and like blow the whole thing up, which is just really interesting to me. So I was like, as with most things that everybody wants to watch and everybody is talking about, I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm not watching that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so when you suggested it for the show, I was like, you know what? I have heard really good things about this, so let's give it a go. And I'm I'm really glad that we did because um, it's so bingeable. Yes, it is. It is crazy that this is a drama series. There's no comedy at all, for me at least. I know that a lot of things gets a lot of things get classified as comedy, you know, like I don't know, uh, Succession is a comedy, uh, <laughs> you know. But for me, this is drama, and uh, they pack a lot in thirty minutes. They yes. pack a lot in thirty minutes. Yes, and that to me is one of the most fascinating things because there is no moment where you want to just grab your cell phone and scroll through while, while you hear voices talking. You have right. to keep keep up with it, isn't it. Right. Small cast, but it always feels like everything is going on at the same time. Yeah. So we're going to have a lot to talk about this show, Jojo. Yeah, uh -huh. we are. But before that, I have to, you know, stay through to myself. I don't know. People say that a lot, and I don't know what that means. Earlier, <laughs> I stayed, I stayed true to my to myself. I'm like, when when were you lying? Like, at what point do you lie? But whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you know, I've been I've been watching. So there are three things and. This is a side note. There are three things that people say a lot that bothers me because I don't think they understand really what, what the hell they're talking about. Uh, vibe and energy, 
are two words that people use a lot that I don't know what exactly they mean by that. <laughs> now, I like your vibe and your energy. Okay, whatever the fuck that means. I mean, I know what vibe is. I know what energy is. But I don't know that people are using it in, in the right, in the proper context. But I'm a word snob myself. So <laughs> there's that, you know. Uh, I think my wife about two weeks ago called me a snobbish asshole uh, in that regard. <laughs> I'm like... After 20 plus years, where the fuck is this coming from? She's like, yeah, you know, you hate French, but like you have a real French attitude when it comes to education and and, and knowledge and shit, because you approach everything, you infantilize everybody else. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> like, okay, okay, whatever. So yeah. Vibe and energy is one thing that people say a lot. That I'm like, are you sure you're using it in the proper context? And then there is the whole, what was the other word? Like ecosystem or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's a, yes. It's an ecosystem. And I'm like, fuck off. What? Yeah. Right. So. That's used uh, a lot in the bear. Yeah. Ecosystem. Yeah. He keeps talking about, Richard yeah. keeps talking about ecosystems. Yeah. And then so you have. Of course, staying true to yourself, which, mm -hmm. again, you know, you speak your truth. There is no your truth. There's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, you spoke your truth. Now let me speak mine. No, 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 no. You're expressing different opinions, you fuckers. I, d I don't know who came up with that shit, but I think it's Oprah with the, you know, speak your truth shit. Probably Oprah or someone that she uh, promoted. <laughs> I blame like Oprah for a lot of shit. I mean, or Dr. Phil or one of those yeah, folks. Dr. Dr. Phil. Dr. Oz. Yeah, all of these motherfuckers. They're it's, all her it's fault. All, it's all between Oprah and Joe Rogan. Where were we again? Okay. <laughs> Word snobbery. <laughs> right. So, Juju, what did you watch this week? <laughs> well, I really enjoyed the vibe and energy and ecosystem of this movie that I saw. <laughs> Don't I'm sorry, do that, I had to. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. I'm going to kill you, but like, I'm, it's overdue that we see each other. So I'm going to, when I see you, Bella, I'm going to kill you. She says, I really enjoyed the vibe. Okay, go on. <laughs> um, oh, no, actually, we watched the uh, the Bob's Burgers movie, which is finally out streaming. Uh, it was in movie theaters, but it's available to stream. And uh, as anybody who's listened to the podcast for a while knows, I'm a huge Bob Burgers fan. I love Louise. Louise is is my spirit animal. She's she's actually in the background there, right there. Their little little bunny ears. But uh, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, she's peeking over my shoulder, just watching the show. But the movie is fantastic, and it's really uh, adds to the series and gives it it. it, it it was nice to essentially watch a long episode of the show. Is really what it was. It was just a long episode of the show, but it had all of the right elements, you know, just enough of all the characters that we love to see pretty much. And uh, yeah, so Bob's Burgers, the movie is fantastic and I highly recommend it. And even if you aren't a Bob's Burgers fan, I think that the movie could be a fun introduction to the series because it, it does like give you a, 
I don't know what it's called, but a a, a little intro to each of the characters and you kind of get to see what they're all about and what motivates them. So, Where is it streaming at? It is streaming on HBO Max. HBO Max, Bob's Burger, the movie. Mm-hmm. The movie, yep. I'm going to give it a go because I haven't been on HBO Max for a while. And this week I kind of like went just like to take a peek. And I saw this and I'm like, oh, I thought that they have the series available. And I'm like, oh, so Bob, Bob's Burger, I guess, is now available on HBO Max. I didn't know there was a movie about it. Yes, yes. They did a movie, kind of like Simpsons did a movie and Community did a movie, I think. And uh, yeah, so so yeah, they, they did a movie. The series, if you want to watch the series, the series is on Hulu. Cool. <clears throat> cool. But, but, the, but the movie's on HBO Max. Fantastic. Yeah, Jojo. So I, I probably will watch it. Dude. Like, I don't know. It's it's so much fun. It's just hilarious. And I love everybody in it. All the characters. Jean and Tina and Louise and Bob and Linda and Teddy. And there's, for people who are fans of Bob's Burgers, if you, you know how wonderful Teddy is, the character of Teddy. And there's just this beautiful little, little scene with Teddy in an outdoor grill. And it practically made me cry because it's like that is what a friend is Graham would do that for me I would do that for Graham so it's just it's a gorgeous little scene it's about friendship and and it's it's just it's a fantastically positive thing to watch so oh wow <laughs> but without being like super sweet and gross no I'm gonna watch it tonight then yeah what did you watch this week so <clears throat> it's wasn't necessarily this week but last week we didn't talk about it because we went straight into the Emmys that's true we did. But I watched this little movie on Netflix called The Sea Beast. And I didn't think I was going to like it the way I did. But it's such... You know, when Jamal was little, I, I watched so many animated movies that I, I, I think I came to a point where once he was over that age, I'm like, I'll never voluntarily watch an animated movie ever again, <laughs> you know, because... You do get kind of get burnt out on them, yes. Enough of that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> then my stepdaughter had a baby, so that makes me a grandfather. And we don't see each other often, but when we do, that's what we do. <laughs> Watch animated movies, especially fucking Moana. <laughs> <laughs> you know... <laughs> So I know Mr. Moana for my for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought that you would never ever catch me voluntarily going to an animated movie. And I have no idea why. But the little girl in the movie, The Sea Beast, for some reason, reminds me of my little granddaughter. So I decided to watch the movie. And man, I fell in love <laughs> with this movie. And I'm like, this is so good. Oh my God, this is so good. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I'm not even 50 yet. <laughs> <laughs> I actually watched it too because you told me that you were about midway through it. So I, I actually watched it uh, the day you told me about, about you watching it. So yeah, that I agree with you. It's it's a fantastic little movie. It's a it's so cute, cute little movie, man. And it's it's about a kid that is actually wise beyond her years mm -hmm. and 
when you go and, and look up the cast, you're like, oh, so that's why I like it, you know, because it just turns out that the guy that plays Butch on The Boys, what was the Australian actor? What's his name? Um, Carl Urban. Carl Urban plays uh, the main character, right? And the captain is played by Jared uh, uh, Jared Harris, who's one one of my favorite English character actors. He's not ever a leading man, but when wherever he is, he's fucking he he kills it. And the little girl is by a young actress that, of course, I don't know much about her, but God, she's great. So so it was it was a beautiful, nice little movie. The story is fantastic because for me it actually it, it actually reflects upon how people we don't know can become demonized and we don't develop an interest in knowing them we don't see them for who they really are but rather who we, we've been told they are mm-hmm. and in this case we make them enemies that we never made to ourselves but rather we were born to believe that they were the enemies and we forget that when people are pushed to their limits, they fight back. And fighting back is not an act of aggression, but rather an act of survival. And so I think that's what I took out of this. But it, it was beautiful to see that only a child could discover this truth and, and make it known to to people. And of course, there were the king and the queen who represent the politicians that always take advantage of the divide in order to yep. perpetuate themselves in, in, in power. Yeah. So that's what it was to me. But it's, it's absolutely a beautiful little movie. Of course, I, I liked the, the chants. They, it was very piratey, you know. It's a tarantella rhythm which always associates with with pirates for some reason you know the whole yeah as 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 fantastic so i'm glad you watched it jojo yeah yeah <laughs> i did i really i really enjoyed it i enjoyed the character of um sarah the first first mate i think she was first mate, yes second mate yes yeah. That one was voiced by Marianne Jean-Baptiste, who is... Actually, when I first saw Marianne Jean-Baptiste, I thought she was Haitian. Because Jean-Baptiste is a very, very Haitian last name. And when I first saw Marianne Jean-Baptiste, she was on an American... One of those law and order, whatever, special victim unit shit. And she was doing an American accent, so I didn't even know she was British. And then later on, I saw her on on other shows and stuff, and I'm like, oh, she's actually British, but I actually thought she was she was Haitian. Yeah, well, Sarah, she she was fantastic. She was a great character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we we recommend this one. But let's go on to the business and talk about the bear, Jojo. Yes. Will you please tell our listeners? what the bear is all about okay so the bear is about a young male kind of hot shot chef 
from the the world of, of high cuisine. He's been working for some of the best restaurants on the planet. I think that's an actual quote from the series. When his brother dies suddenly and tragically and leaves him the family business, which is a small sandwich shop in Chicago known for selling a very particular kind of, of Chicago beef sandwich. And so he makes the decision to leave the fine dining world and come to this little hole-in-the-wall restaurant and has kind of a a culture clash, maybe, is would be a way to put it, in that he's been out of and away from the family restaurant so long, I think he's kind of forgotten what a family restaurant is like. And also at the same time, the, the family restaurant has kind of gone downhill under his brother's care. So it's not quite the place that he remembers either. So he comes in and attempts to assert some sort of an order. He wants to turn the business around and make it profitable because it, it, it absolutely is not. And it's all about the dynamics and the the back and forth, the give and take, the feeling of family, the intense emotions that go along with a small business, and especially one in the the field of of hospitality. And so it's it's just the story of of him and his team and their different struggles of trying to make this restaurant a success and at the same time work with each other. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And, you know, I told you the, the other day that I've been very invested watching the show Below Deck Mediterranean. And the main reason I got into that show, which is a reality show, is because it is, of course, about the service industry, which which was used to be my world, and is the only thing that I would never hesitate to go back to. And so anything that has to do with hotels and restaurants, of course, is going to be of interest to me. But I, 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 I love the clash, the, the culture clash that you, you, you just brought up here, because that's exactly the point, is that there are some elements of the dynamics of, of a mom and pop shop that you can never remove and make it something else. Because if you do, then you are literally gentrifying something that is incredibly organic and does not need to be gentrified. And while I understood and in, in agree with, with Bear's approach of, we have to put, establish some order in this, but I, I I did see the point of the rest of the crew in in that this is not this is not the things that you did back in New York. That's not the kind of crowd we're gonna get here. Of course, we could attract a new crowd, but at the same time, it's just going to be for as long as this restaurant is being you know talked about. Yes. When they go away, when they move on to the next trend, who are you going to be left with? Yes. You know, you know, I grew up in the Dominican Republic and one of the things that I remember seeing a lot as a kid, as a but especially as a teenager, once we started frequenting the world of clubs and stuff, is that almost every three months there was a new club opening in Santo Domingo and it was the hottest club in town. It would bring the hottest artists and they had the greatest decors and you had to line up 
outside for the longest time to get in. But by the six months, they were all closed. <laughs> and the reason was because there's always a new club. And, right. and, and the, the people that went to that club and lined up outside and did all of that, they weren't there because they were interested in what this club had to offer, but rather eh, it's what's hot right now, you know. Yeah, exactly right. And so, you know, even in the fine dining restaurants, right, what what do you do when you go to a fine dining restaurant? It's not like you go there every Saturday or every Sunday or every weekend. You go there once. Yeah, anniversaries or... An occasion, right? Yeah, an, an occasion. Yeah, somebody so, died. Exactly. So fine dining restaurants don't necessarily have a an all-the-time clientele. Because they're not mom and pop. And the older time clientele that comes back is because they can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and so what Carmine tried to do was obviously naive on his part. And he encountered some resistance. And I think what makes the show is the way that all of this resistance came together and created an understanding in the end that made it a transition that is very chaotic and you're going to brace yourself for. So tell me, Jojo, what will you take away from the show? I um, I want to go back to a point that you made that somebody, that Richie, the character of Richie, actually says in the very last episode where he talks about, you know, the the regulars, the regular crowd, and the the newer chef who... Is uh, not 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 Carmine, but the the lady that's been brought on to kind of change things is like, yeah, they're the ones that buy one sandwich, split it and have a free water. And I it, it was kind of like just snuck in there as part of of their rapid fire conversation. But and he's like, oh, so you're against poor people now. You're discriminating against poor people. And I was kind of like that was for for me was kind of like a moment of, yeah, like that is kind of what this is about and 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 that's kind of what Richie is standing for because for most of the series I honestly wanted to punch Rich, Rich, Richie as have parted in the face as I could yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true I, I wanted to <laughs> but but at the end there when he said that I was kind of like this is the reason among many other things but this is part of the reason why he's been fighting so much harder than everybody else against the changes in this restaurant is because that he really has a respect and a love for the old crowd or the original crowd or or whatever you would would say, you know, the normals, the regulars. And you saw that with his interactions with people, you know, he was like, oh, it's, you know, Joe, the guy with the golden dick or whatever. And, you know, hey, how's your dog doing? That kind of thing. So you, he was thinking more about the clientele and the customers more than the dynamic of what was going on behind the scenes, because he wasn't really behind the scenes necessarily. He wasn't a cook. He was more of a front front manager, yes. front manager dude. So it was, it did took, it took me until the last episode to actually kind of understand Richie and have some respect for him and understanding of, of the fact that this is what he's been fighting to keep. This is why he's, he's not just being an asshole. He actually has a reason behind it. It's, he's not just fighting against change 
because it's change, he's fighting against it because he he doesn't want to lose something that is, as you said, organic and special and 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 can be rare. So I thought that was really interesting. And then I the the whole series itself is is very um my feeling about watching it was if you go to like if you go to somebody else's house for like a big family gathering and you're not part of the family and you know like one person and you know the names of a few other people and maybe you've met mom but you don't really know everybody else and it's a big loud family and they're all screaming at each other <laughs> <laughs> and for them, it's not really anything. You know what I mean? Like it, that's just normal for them. They're just screaming yeah. at each other because that's what they do. But you're kind of you're an outsider, and you're just like, okay, I don't really know what, yeah. if I should call the police, if I should be running, if I should be laughing. I, well, when I, is I the don't fight really... going to break out? <laughs> right, right. And that was the feeling I got watching this. Was I felt very much like an observer of a big family hashing shit out, and you know, as you go along, because the show kind of to me made assumptions that, okay, you're going to know who Mikey is and yeah. you're going to know all about Carmi and you're going to yes. know all about uh, sweeps. And you do eventually get to, you get to that point, but at for the first episode, it, to me, it felt very much like I was just kind of thrown into this, this big party <laughs> and like, wait, what's his name and what's going on and why are they yes. screaming at each other? Yes. And, and, but it's not really anything I've, experienced on television before that wasn't overwhelming it was not yes. overwhelming in the slightest it was like okay i want to learn more about I these want, people exactly i want i want I to want, know I, this right why are yeah. they having this little tiff and why are they okay with each other and what's going on here and and i just i i loved that it was like being for me it was like being an observer of a of a big loud raucous family and that is exactly that is exactly the ambience in in the hotel industry that i come from right remember i come from the world of all-inclusive which means that we cook all day we serve all day like my days started at 8 a.m and i probably would go to bed at about 2 a.m right and then over and over and over and over again even when it, I, I remember when I was <laughs> when I was entertaining uh, entertainment manager, entertainment assistant manager. People used to tell me, "You here all the time? Like, when do you go home?" You know, I'm like, actually, I just came from taking a two hour nap. Like, I don't know what y'all talking about. You, you you guys think you saw me? You know what I mean? But it gives you the feeling that you see these people all the time, every day, and it is. Exactly that. When you are first introduced to this world, you feel like, oh my God, this, how can they work together? How, like, how are they not fighting every day? And the next thing you know, you are as involved as everybody else, especially if you're a repeat guest, I mean, in the hotel world. Because I remember situations where a guest would come back and I'd be like walking around the property and they'd be like, hey, Graham, you have a minute? Yeah. Why did you fire Ricardo? <laughs> no, seriously. And I'm like, well, first of all, yeah, we had reasons and stuff. But like, why are you asking me that? Like, you know, I mean, like, you know, how did you know he was fired or, you know? He went to another hotel. He could have gotten an offer elsewhere, like you know. But obviously, somebody talked to this guest right. and told him shit that happened here three, 
since the last time the way the weather. You know, and now Graham is an asshole because Graham fired Ricardo. <laughs> 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 and it, it is that's exactly what this show is all about as you said like you know it doesn't take long for you to actually feel oh so i get this and now i'm here too what mm -hmm. is is there something i can cut like is there something you want me to throw on the, on the stove because you become part of that family in a blink of an eye but it is a, it is chaos it is absolute fucking chaos and as an observer, it can be overwhelming, but at the same time, like, I want to know where this shit is going. <laughs> I want to know where this shit is going. But here's the thing. For me, the cast in this show is, an, is, a, is a work of art. I, I, I actually think that casting managers should get, like, a fucking Emmy. I agree with you. I think this is, like, an overlooked... Because... <laughs> <laughs> the people who can who can say, okay, you are my you're my Carmi, you are my Mikey, you are my and it uh, Richie, and it all works, and they get all these people together. It, I like that's like the ultimate management team. Nice. <laughs> when yes. they get it right, that they 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 create a family, a real honest to god fucking family. Yeah. With people that I mean, you know, they may hate each other in real life, but on screen. You have a family, and yes, you are right. They, they that's under it's un it's overlooked. They should be as rewarded as as the actors and the producers and everybody else because at the, I can't imagine being able to draw that kind of talent together and go, yeah, you're gonna work in this part. Yes, it, it, like the parts are, you know, when I read a book, and I've told you this before, like when I read a book, in my mind immediately I have a cast, you know, like who should be this and who should be that or whatever. But, you know, if you were to make a movie about this, it may work, may not, not work, because obviously that is not easy. But everybody in this show fit the role properly and brought something to their character that you say, I don't know if there's anybody else that could have played this role. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I know we're going to get into the cast, very soon but i think part of the story here what makes this story compelling is the cast and for me the genius of casting here more than anything else and like i said i have a lot to say about this fucking cast this cast is fantastic but whoever decided you know who should be mikey john bernthal and i'm like that's exactly who I was thinking about. I don't know Mikey. I don't know what he looked looked like. I don't know who he was in real life, you know, in the story. But if I were reading a book about a dude named Mikey who went through this situation and who was the life of a party whenever he walked in, but had all of these demons in the background, this is a guy I would have cast. And that, to me, is the genius of casting. Take it away, George. Yes. <laughs> and I love that in this show, they made the decision to show Mikey interacting with the family and Richie. And it was not, it was just a very simple, very small 
it wasn't a whole episode dedicated to him or anything like that. And just the casting of, of him as Mikey, as you said, was perfect. And the fact that it was just a short memory of him, but it encapsulated who he was so much and how everybody felt about him so much that, and then they just dropped it. You know, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like he was a constant specter over the show yeah. or anything like that yeah. in terms of the actor. I mean, he was in terms of his legacy, of course, and, 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 and Carmi's issues with wanting him to love him and everything like that. But in the sense of they, they didn't play, they allowed the actors to have that come through in their performances, as opposed to let's have a lot of fucking flashbacks to Mikey. Yeah. yeah, And I, and I, I, but I, I I appreciated the way they did that. I I thought that it was, it was fantastic. Do you remember when we talked about that show, that Tony Collette show, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. that we complained a lot about the over explanations? Yes. Yes. That they left you nothing that you could make up. Yes. And they decided, we're going to give you flashbacks like a motherfucker over here. Yes. I, I remember the episode that opened up with Mikey in the kitchen with the family around. And when I realized what it was all about at the end, I said to my wife, this is fucking a work of genius. Because it is a flashback of Mikey telling a story, but at the end of the day, who's telling the story is Richie to a fucking date. Yes. Mikey is three times removed from this flashback, but how do you go about that? How do, how do you create this ensemble of stories? This is a work of genius. And here's the crazy thing. For me, Jojo, what this tells me is that behind the show, there were some absolutely masterful storytellers. Yeah. Because storytelling in filmmaking is about the writing. Now I understand why Ben Stiller was raving about the writing on the show. Because the acting is a component the story, like giving the actors a story that they can tell with their acting is a is a completely different thing. And this is to me where I understood the magnitude of this show and why it's not a little project. And this is why I said it should be on HBO Max or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I um yeah. I I, I kind of wanted to mentioned because a lot of people are using this show and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it and, and our listeners thoughts too. So a lot of people are holding this show up as an example of a toxic work environment and what it is like to work in a toxic work environment. Not necessarily, I don't think towards the end of the show when there's a bit of a a more cohesion of the, of the, the group, but when there's a lot of screaming at each other and there's a lot of, you know, weird shit from, from Richie. And obviously, of course, when <laughs> Joel McHale is screaming at, <laughs> at, uh, with the New York chef, Joel played by Joel McHale is screaming at, at Carmi that he's never going to be good. He's never going to be any yeah. better. He's never going to be, but 
And a lot of people are, are like very, very stressed out by this show and very triggered by it because, because of that. And I personally did not find that. Um, it, it, no, I, I did not, I did not see it as, okay. So I feel like if you look at say an office environment and the toxicity of an office environment where you're going to have somebody smiling in your face and telling you how great you are and that you're just one more rung up the ladder to a promotion. And then in the background, they're doing everything they can to keep you as low as possible. Or, you know, the, 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 the office where you've got the, the boss who, who talks about how wonderful you are to one person and then tells another person that you're doing a really shit job <laughs> just so they can pit one against the other one to see, see, to, so to me, that is toxic. Like all those psychological, stupid fucking shit where it's like, just do your goddamn motherfucking job is toxicity to me screaming at each other in a kitchen environment. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you and your family. To me, it's like, that's healthy. (laughs) I know how you feel about me. I know that you don't like me. I know that you think I'm going to be a failure. I know you hate everything about me and I know that you're going to sabotage me. Okay. I know where I stand. Great. Fine. And I'm not saying that it's good. I'm not saying that it's good to be screaming at each other all the time and have that worry. But what I'm saying is it's it's what I've read and what I have seen people saying is that they're really holding up the specifically the hospitality industry as being a toxic place to work. And I'm yeah. like, folks, everywhere is a toxic place to work. <laughs> It is. It's just that in this, you're getting the people screaming at each other. And in business world, you have people who have to put up a facade of professionalism. But inside, to me, they're they're doing worse than 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 fuck you. I don't know. What do you think, Graham? First of all, let's talk about let's sort of like back it up a little bit in the overuse of the word toxic. Um, I I read an article, actually, it was about Love Island about two weeks ago, where this author was trying to put toxic or toxicity in perspective to the readers, because a lot of people went into Twitter, tweeting about some of the Love Island participants who were toxic relationship and blah, blah, blah. And it is true. We are overusing the word toxic. And whenever something doesn't go our way, we accuse the other individual of being toxic and blah, 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 blah. There is douchebaggery. And <laughs> what you saw here is the perfect example of how a work family can be dis- dysfunctional but have each other's back. Because here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing, right? Tina, who literally sabotaged Sydney, yes. as soon as she was heard, she went to her and said, are you fucking okay? Even though Cindy, Sydney barked at her. Yes. Are you okay? Yes. Can I do something? Is there yes. something you need? That is family. The idea... Oh, I have a toxic mother. Oh, I have a toxic parents. I have this and that. No, no. These are people who care about you and give you a fucking hard time because that's part of love. 
That is part of love. If you want something to wipe, somebody to wipe your ass all the time and tell you how great you are and shit, that's not family. That's not. Because, yes, family will tell you, oh, man, that was fucking shit. Yeah. That was shit. Yes. And you need to do better. Yes. You and they, they do it for you to make you better. It's not, they're not telling you, we're not talking about the folks who tell you that you're shit to make you feel bad because then yeah. you've got the whole narcissist uh, yes. run with that. But, but, but these are the people who are like, you can do better than this. I know you can do yeah. better than this. And I'm telling you that you can. And then the it's other okay. thing about with family that you know, you know, blood family, chosen family, is that you know they have your back and you know that yeah. you have their back. And yeah. just like you said, even though there was an act of sabotage, she still understood and respected the family family dynamic in that I must check on her because she is she okay? She's I want to know here. if she's, she's doing a, the same thing as yes. me. She's taking the same fucking heat as me. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. Yes. And that is something that to me you will never see. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say never, but will rarely see in something like corporate America. Yeah. Where they yeah. where they talk all the time about, oh, we're just a big family here, which if anybody ever says Fuck that to off. you, it's just, just fucking run. Just yeah. in the middle of the interview, get up and be like, yeah, bye. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go off. scrub my own toilet. It's fine. But yeah. So, I mean, that, but that is to me, as you said, somebody who busts your balls. But they're doing it because they they see potential in you and they see the greaterness in you is but at the same time has your back and is always going to check on you and make sure that you're OK if it seems like you're having a bad time or if it yeah. seems like, you know, you're genuinely struggling. That's that's family. That's what family yeah. does. Yeah. And, and the thing about the thing about this type of family that we talk about you you always know when it's gone too far. Yes. You, you will always know when it's gone too far. And when it's gone too far, you'll pick up. And we see that in the show. There's a couple of people that were like, okay, man, you are descending into some kind of mind madness that I don't get. You know, so not to make anything really too much about me. But one thing I did a couple of times is that you know me, Jojo, and you know that I don't do new friends. So it was a pretty isolating situation to be in as 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 a manager. And so but there was always this one person that you hire and you you click from the very beginning. And you sort of like develop some a type of friendship with and you realize along the way that this person is probably mature enough to understand that being, you know, friends with the manager is actually more responsibility than than, than having a pass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. Yes. That I remember I, I went out drinking with this dude and uh, the next day I was in the office at 8 a.m. What a fucking headache, man. We were drinking tequila like motherfuckers. And I was in the office at 8 a.m. with a glass of water full of ice, <laughs> you know, coffee and a cigarette. 
but I was in my office. And this motherfucker showed up at 9.30. And when I called him out, he's like, I don't know why you give me such a hard time. I was out with you drinking. That's exactly why you ass should have been here before me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's yep. it. Yep. And so I learned along the way that a lot of people, in order for me to preserve my friendship with them, we couldn't work together. And that is one of the hardest decisions you can make as a manager. Listen, dude, I am interested in your friendship. I value your friendship. But we can't work together. Because it seems like you are poised in fucking it up thinking that I'm going to bail you out. The problem is the rest of this lot is looking. They're watching. And the moment I give you a pass is going to be because I'm friends with you and not because you deserve it. So fuck off. You're fired. (laughs) You know, that's not toxic. You have to understand people need to get off their fucking high horses with the whole toxic shit. Do you know what toxic, what is toxic? Passive aggressive shit. As you said, the manager that tells you, you're great, and then tells you, this motherfucker can't can, can, can work for shit. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for him to quit so I can give him your job, give you his job. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but screaming at each other, letting the heat out, and then coming back and say, hey, man, we fucking killed it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's Tuesday. I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah. That's what it's all about. That, you know what I mean? That, That's it. That was one of the things that I really valued about this show because I think in television, a lot of the times, it, it plot contrivances seem to be misunderstandings or miscommunications of things. And this show, as far as I noticed, absolutely did not do that. Everybody was throwing their feelings at each other 100%. Nobody was standing behind a facade of professionalism or or courtesy or anything else. And I'm not saying that that's 100% the way it should be all the time. But at the same time, you know, when, when Richie's going off at Sydney, Sydney is giving it right back to him. Sydney's just, Sydney's not standing there stewing and going, oh my God, you know, this person and internalizing it and everything like that, which is what yeah. I would probably do. She gives it right back to him. And that is the way... It should be allowed to be. <laughs> yeah. If somebody is going to treat you like shit and talk to you like you're a piece of shit, then you should be allowed to do the same thing back to them and preserve your dignity and not be told, oh, well, you got down on their level. That's not, no, that's that's not what we're talking about here. It's it's I'm giving them the same respect that they gave me, which was none. But the world, the world of, of the service industry is exactly that way in the sense that you have a lot of people who will come up, work the first day and say, okay, this is not for me. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'll never do this again. But you have a lot of people who adapt and are like, oh, so this is how this work here. You know, the prank, you know, like, oh, shit, I'm going to hide your fucking onions and then we're cool. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That is the world. The, do you know how many times I had DJs just fucking remove the battery from my my microphone when I, I I had to be on stage at 901 you know introducing the show for tonight and I come out 
music and intro and boom, boom. And I'm like, boop, boop, fucking microphone. Like, and this nigga will look at me from his cabin and go like, with showing me the the little, the battery, like, yeah, fuck you. Do you know what I mean? And then I'd, I'd grab a wired microphone, do my thing, and then you're like, did you really have to go fucking do that, man? And then we move on, like, it, it, that's not toxicity. I don't know what people are calling toxicity. That's not it. That is not it. That is the the world of the service industry. That is chaos. That's family. That's having each other's back. That is pranking each other. That is a a a moment. That's it. You know. So, if anyone is offended about this show, and then uh, maybe they need to do something else with their lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I I'm I'm I was I was baffled by it because, uh, as I said, I I hate the passive aggressive stuff. And I'm not saying that it would be enjoyable to be screamed at all the time, or or actually it would probably be enjoyable to scream at somebody else all the time. But it, it's just, to me, it's, it's if you're going to use the word toxic to describe the screaming, then toxic needs to be applied to everything across the board. It, then And then it kind of ceases to lose meaning, but it, or it ceases to have meaning, or I should say. Uh, you know, overuse of a word makes it sort of, void. But I, I just think that you can't, you can't label one thing like this as toxic, especially in the particular ex- instance of this show where you know they all have each other's back. I'm going to give you an example. Tina wasn't used to, to being seen. If you see this scene, Tina is bothered by the fact that now she's being seen. Because she is used to flying under the radar and never being told whether she was doing a good or a bad job. Yes. And that was perfectly fine with her. Yes. The moment that she started to be seen, she reacted in a completely dickish way about being seen until she realized, actually, it's fucking good to be seen. Yeah. I'm and actually was, good at this. Exactly. It was just a little bit of validation that she got. That she's like, oh, I figured this out. I do my job. I do it properly. And I'm actually good at this, as you said. Like, yeah. So managing people is weird, but it's one of the most fascinating things you could do. If you know a shitty person, that's it. Joe, everybody who watched this show and didn't like it because toxicity, fucking grow a pair, you know, get tougher skin or whatever, like a kitchen. The world of the service industry is not for the thinner skinned. It's not a safe space. And yes, I know that there's a lot of machism and there's a lot of sexual harassment and shit. None of that is okay. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But what you saw, the ambience, the environment that you saw in this show is not what I would call toxic. Not at all. So we talk about the cast, Jojo. Yeah. 
Let's do that. <sighs> Jeremy Allen White, uh, your husband uh, tweeted <laughs> something incredibly interesting that I didn't see until I saw his tweet. Is that Jeremy Allen White is definitely Gene Wilder's fucking love child. Oh my God. What the <laughs> hell, man? 100%. Seriously. 100%. Yes. That is young Gene Wilder as a matter of fact. Yeah. Like, did we check his DNA in here? <laughs> like, so, something happened somewhere. Like, tubes were swapped or... or <laughs> Yo, no, there's a dark seriously. room somewhere. I don't know, but yeah. And if there's a biopic, I really want him to play Gene. That's Walker. amazing. I mean, that is amazing. I cannot got, believe this. He's got those beautiful crystal blue eyes and the wild yes. hair and the mannerisms and yeah. yes, 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 yes. Fantastic little actor. Yes, you know, and you know that I never got into the whole shameless thing. No, me neither. Yeah. But I might actually start watching it just to see, you know, because that's where he comes from, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. Yes. Amazing stuff, man. Um, Ebon Mosbachrak. Richie. <laughs> good. Good actor all over. Do you know what I mean? And he uh, surprised me in this character. He brought something to this character that is a mixture of emotions and toughness that sometimes you didn't know if to, like he, he was all even when he was acting tough he was vulnerable yes because there is this consistent grieving he was grieving his cousin and he was do he was dealing with it that entire time and plunging himself into the restaurant and trying to make something out of it. When when you are a survivor of suicide, uh, of someone else's suicide, is like what soldiers feel when, you know, they've been through the war and all their bodies died and they made it. Survivor then you start guilt. questioning, yeah, why, 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 why did I get spared? Yeah. You know, so this kid, this dude right here, he he nailed this role, wasn't he? He really did. It took me a couple episodes to warm up to his acting because I hated, the, I really hated Richie to start out with the character. Mm -hmm. And I was having trouble looking past the character to see the acting. It took me about two episodes. And then by the third episode, I think I was on board with what he was doing. I still wanted to punch Richie, but I was on board with what the actor was doing. And, um, I think it's a really phenomenal performance that, um, that is maybe a little bit overlooked in how good the performance is of Jeremy Allen White possibly, but I just, I, I, I think they were both fantastic. Yes. Now we have to talk about Ayoide Biri. Yes. <sighs> Who is this girl, man? Like, you know. She. I, I was sure, I was sure the whole stand up comedy thing is, is what she, you know, she's supposed to do. Cause, like, wow. Yeah. What an actor she is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, 
I loved what she put into and got out of this character that could have been super minor and super annoying yeah, and irritating. And she, she didn't turn her into a, a, a minor irritating character. She turned her into someone you could respect and someone you cared about and someone who was kind of all or nothing with her loyalty and and her 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 drive and she she is so so good in this role and she is man i a fantastic performance i mean she has to be nominated for an emmy it's just she is so goddamn good i couldn't stop looking at her i couldn't stop sort of like savoring her performance yeah the entire time yeah there's something about there's something miraculous about her screen presence you know it's amazing it's an amazing performance of holding your own and speaking your mind and fucking belonging where you are yes you know and it's just absolutely fantastic so i'm you know First of all, the entire this entire cast needs to be nominated next year. Agreed. It will be a grave injustice because I still have people to talk about. Oh yeah. I mean, Abby Elliott, just a few appearances here and there, but the way she goes toe to toe with Carmen as the sister that we're in the same position, but you know what I mean? Like you're not there for me. She wasn't annoying. She wasn't. She wasn't naggy. She wasn't. She was exactly the grieving sister that is trying, trying to pick up her big, her little brother and also to know that that little brother has her back. Like, she's we're very, going through the same shit. She's very exasperated with him because yes. it's, 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 you know, we're going through basically the same thing you know, granted in our own ways, but we should be able to be bonding over this and you aren't letting me in and I am ready to smack the shit out of you for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was that was a beautiful performance. And again, it was an incredibly minor character, you know, that anybody else would have made it naggy and 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 annoying. But like I felt her like whenever she was there and giving it to Carmine, I was like yeah, nigga, you are a bit of an asshole to your sister. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. Let's talk about Lionel Boyce as Marcus. The, the, uh, Pastry chef. Yeah, Marcus, I like his character because I've seen this character in, in, in the service industry who are all about the art and not the effectiveness. And you tend to get annoyed at at these kind of people. But they are artists, and eventually you have to give them their dues, except that don't put them where you need, you know, at a fast go fast fast pace type of shit. The surprising thing to me is that the actual chef in the show <laughs> was nowhere near the kitchen at all. <laughs> Nope. It, you know what? It took me a while to actually realize 
that's fucking Mary Medicine. <laughs> that's Mary, man. Mary's my guy. Like, you know, some of the best fried chicken I've made is from this dumbass Canadian chef, man. He's dope <laughs> as fuck. You know, so I was glad to see him doing his thing there as an actor. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it was from, funny too. From what I read, he um, like taught some techniques to some of the staff members, like how to cut vegetables and things like that. And a lot of the shots of the hands or the veg- the knives cutting things are, are, are actually him doing it. So, of course, I, I think I think that's awesome. And uh, he's yeah, he put in a great performance. I know, man. I was like, oh, that's fucking money. <laughs> that's money, dude. Oh, he's funny. <laughs> I always thought of him as a comedian that could cook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying that he's not a great chef. He's a fantastic chef. But I always was like, this guy has like a comedy vein to himself. And uh, it, it came out here. Um, yeah. A performance for me that is worthy of a lot of praise is that of uh, Lisa Colon Zayas. And... This is another character that could have just gone completely unnoticed, you know. But she was there, man, and she made you feel that she was there. And I also discovered, by doing a little digging, that she is the wife of David Zayas. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sergeant Batista from Dexter. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh. That's, that's a cool little little tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> but she was great, man. I loved it, loved it. It's, it's crazy because I said to my wife, you know she's Puerto Rican when she speaks English and when she speaks Spanish too. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's an amazing thing, man. Molly Ringwald had a, a bit of a... It took me. Come you here. It, I had to look up the cast because I was watching her and I'm like, I know that's somebody, you know, somebody. But I'm like, I don't know who that somebody is. And then I saw it on the cast. And I was like, oh, that was Molly Ringwald. I did not recognize her. Yeah, my wife was like, is that Molly Ringwald? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you asking me for me? I don't know. And then, yeah, after looking at the cast, I'm like, oh, so that was her <laughs> for real. Yep. There's something going on in the face that I, I couldn't quite get. Yeah, agreed. I have to say, however, that the most consummated actor among everybody in this cast is Edwin Lee Gibson as Ibrahim. Like, I'm sure that whenever they had breaks and shit, they would like crowd this guy and talk to him about acting. <laughs> I certainly hope they did. Because <laughs> I mean, this dude has it's not a chance to come pedigree. along very often. Fuck me, man. And and this character also it was a it was a tip of the hat to immigrants. This character because I've always said that you know when people people you know come across immigrants. We always think of immigrants. I'm like, okay, they've always done what they do. You know, they are restaurant workers and taxi drivers Mm. and shit like that. Mm. You never know who was who in their country. 
I've always used the example of, uh, I know a dude here who was one of the best dental surgeons in the Dominican Republic. And here he works as a janitor in a school, you know, and uh, Ibrahim is a fucking doctor. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. But that's what immigrating will do to you. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially in places where you can't validate your, ti validate your title because you come from a third world country. It's, it's a load of horseshit because, I mean, in the example <laughs> yeah. of your friend, you know, teeth are teeth are teeth, right? So yeah. the yeah. human mouth yeah. is, is always going to be the human mouth. And, I mean, yes, I think that people should, as anybody should, not just immigrants, but everybody should have to pass a board test, right, to get your yeah. license. But, I mean, if you've been doing it in your country – you pass the board test and get your license. That should be the end of it. If you don't pass, you don't get your license. Yeah. I, 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 but as it's just a way to make sure that anybody who comes from another country has to, you know, God, get in the back of the line. Exactly. God forbid yeah. that they they come over and. But let you come from I don't know Poland or Germany or you know. What yeah. I mean? Exactly. Exactly. A very wide country. Exactly. You're Dr. So-and-so here. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dr. So-and-so. And that's the way it is. You know. Uh, Chris Witaske <laughs> played Pete. Everybody hated Pete, man. Poor Pete. <laughs> I'm super sorry. <laughs> poor Pete. Poor Pete. I kind of oh, understand man. why, but poor Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were talking about him and they were like, um, I always feel like he's just about to call the cops on us. I was dying. <laughs> Because it's like, yeah, he is like the, the square at the party who's like, I, I, I'm not quite sure about all this. He's just, um, for me, he's just like the the punchable face guy mm -hmm. that you was like, if you were to punch somebody, who would be the first one come to mind? That guy. <laughs> you know, I feel bad for him, but like, also, Oliver Platt, yeah? Yes. Oliver Platt's cameo here was great. It really was. It was one of the best actors for me, one of the best actors out there. Yes. It was good to see him in here. Yes. I have not seen him in anything in a while. I'm sure he's been in things, but it was a nice surprise because I, I didn't realize that he was in this. So when he popped up, I was like, oh, Oliver Platt. I don't even think that this dude needs to be acting on anything. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's just this good, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Oliver Platt probably doesn't need anything from anybody. <laughs> That's how I think of him. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's certain actors that I, I think of like, yeah, you'll take a role if you want it, if you feel like it. But, you know what I mean? But I don't, you know what I mean? I don't really think these people are like thirsting for roles and stuff like that because they're fucking good. Right. They're just good. They're just good. Right. You know. So, surprisingly, to me at least, The Bear is a fantastic show, and I hope, I am expecting that this show is going to get a lot of nominations next next year. And uh, we'll see in February with the Golden Globes, you know. But what, 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 is, what are your last words about this, Jojo? 
Um, it's it's a fantastic series. It is truly, truly meant for binging. I think a lot of the streaming platforms have got a little, in my opinion, caught up too much in shows one episode being like three hours long. So this is a fantastic eight episode show. I don't think there's an episode that's over an hour long. Most of them are about half an hour. I think there's one that's 45 minutes and, uh, it's, it's, it's made for binging. It is fantastic. And I think that you will learn a lot by watching it about the human condition and about the way we communicate with one another and the way that people feel. And there's a lot more to this show than it just being about cooking. Although that it's, and you can watch it from that standpoint too. If you just want to watch it about cooking, you can, but if you, if you want to look for more, there's, there's absolutely a lot more to be gleaned from this show. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. If you want to watch it from the perspective of cooking, then you're a dumbass. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Isn't that what you meant? Yeah, that's basically what, yeah. Uh, uh, Okay, so I'm I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Because my wife already said that I'm a pompous asshole, so might as well, you know, act it. Oh, my God. I'm not going to let that (laughs) die. Oh, by the way, last bit, that character, for the people who are thinking that, you know, who are very literal about the character that was sort of like bullying Carmine in New York, for me, that character is actually his insecurities. It wasn't anybody in particular. I agree with you too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was an amalgamation probably of things that had been said to him maybe over the course of of working, you know, since he started with peeling garlic, I think he said in one of the scenes. But basically everything that he'd internalized about himself over his, his whole career. Yeah. And the fact that it was yeah. Joel McHale saying it to him is hilarious to me. <laughs> Say yes, chef. I'm a piece of shit, chef. <laughs> right. <laughs> so watch the show. Tell us what you think. I know that I say that every Saturday, well, every every week, that you should talk to us and tell us what we think, what you think. We haven't heard from you yet, but we know you're there because you'll be downloading the show and shit. So whatever. Yeah, I mean, this is a very, very good series, and we recommend it with two hands. Yes. So, and so we are going to call it a day today, and um, it's been just another one, another great, great, great show, another great, great podcast episode that Graham and Jocelyn have brought to you. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and also on Twitter. On Twitter is kicking and streaming, so the letters N kicking and streaming, and on Instagram is at kicking and streaming underscore podcast. You will find Jocelyn on Instagram also as KNS co-host. KNS co-host it is, and for me, you will find me on Instagram and on Twitter as Mister Putzeta. That's M R P U Z Z E T T A. Don't forget to look up our website, Kicking and Streaming Podcast. And also we are on YouTube. A condensed version of this show is posted every week on YouTube. Oh, my last week we live streamed it, but this week is going to be like, down to about 15 minutes. Squish. Right? 
So if you don't have the time to listen to the audio version, you can always go to YouTube and do your thing. But for now, Jocelyn and I are going to call it a day. Thank you, everyone. It's a day. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.